Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Green and Growing Podcast. It is Hannah here, and I am just so excited because we get to have a guest on the podcast, which is always um, my favorite thing. And so today I have Casey Lynn Johnston here, and we this month are focusing on things like fundraising and getting money into your program because we know if you don't have funds for your program, it's really, really hard to run an agriculture program with an FFA chapter and all of that. Um, and today we asked Casey Lynn to be on the podcast because we know that she is like the guru of all things marketing. And we thought it would be really, really helpful to have some of her hot takes on um, different marketing things as it potentially relates to fundraising and or your program. But before we get into that, Casey Lynn, just go ahead and introduce yourself. Awesome. So first, I'm so excited to be here on the podcast and I was completely honored uh, to be asked. Um, A little about me, my name is Casey Lynn Johnston. I currently teach at Bureau Valley High School, which is um, the only place I've ever taught. And so this is my fifth year um, here and Bureau Valley is located in Northwestern Illinois. Um, we are a school of about 320 students, um, two teacher program and very active FFA, very active community. Um, and I just feel very fortunate and blessed to be here. We're so happy you're here. Um, okay. So we are talking a little bit about marketing your fundraiser and, and thinking about that, but before we even get into that, you do such a great job of marketing your program to the the people outside of your program right to outside of our students um and so i would just love if you um talked a little bit about how you market your program how you let community members know what you're doing admin know what you're doing so that people have a really great understanding of your program because i think that is so important when people think about giving funds to your program if they understand what you're doing in the classroom, if they understand what you're doing within your FFA chapter, they're going to be a lot more likely to give funds. So I'm going to stop talking and let you share. Uh, So great question. And yes, I do uh, feel a little bit like a marketing guru sometimes. Uh, Sometimes I'm like, I don't even know. But um, one of the things that I do that has really worked for me is I send out what I call the weekly ag report. And I cannot take any credit for being uh, the initial person who came up with this. I uh, believe in my second year of teaching, maybe first, I learned of this from Jessica Collins. Um, And so I think she does this um, still, but basically all this is, is it's a, um, I have a template that I use and every week I'll put all the lessons that I will be teaching, um, which actually acts as a bit of accountability for me because I'm like, well, I sent this to our parents, so I got to do it now. and it's flexible too, of course, but all the lessons. And then I also add a second page that has a um, area for photos that we have anything we've done in the last week or so, maybe in class or FFA. Um, and this also is linked to like our FFA Google calendar. So parents can access that however they want, um, as well as our timeline that kind of shows all of our events for the year. Um, And I hide little bits of uh, extra credit in it so that if students are like, hey, I saw in the ag report that if I bring candy in, I get extra credit and it allows uh, kids to keep coming back and want to read it more. Um, And so that's one thing that we do. And I just 
uh, I'd be happy to share that with anybody who wanted to reach out. Um, but it's basically, I made the template on, on Canva and then I fill it in uh, every week, actually using PowerPoint or Google Slides, not PowerPoint. Um, and then from there, I use our learning management system, Teacheries, uh, to send it out to all the parents. I when I was a real go-getter, my third year of teaching, I used to print it and put it in my principal's mailbox. I don't do that anymore because we um, are up, have a push to print less, of course. And so uh, now I just email it to them. And it is just this one solid place that people know they can go to to figure out what's going on, Bureau Valley FFA, what's going on, Bureau Valley Ag Department. And um, yeah, so that's a good place to market. Um, I have received questions before about it. We are a two teacher program, as I mentioned, and I actually am in a year of transition. So I have a new co-teacher this year, which is really exciting. So the question that has come up before is if um, we both add to it. And I will say before we did not, I could see moving forward with my new co-teacher uh, if she was up for it, that we would both feed into it and send it out to all of our parents. Um, so currently it was kind of just a, me thing but yeah so that is one of the things that i do and i love it i was just writing down a few things i think the photos is such a, a great thing because it's mm -hmm. visual and the way that our brains work is we like our brains latch on to visual things first and so i think that's just so smart and i think the other thing with that i know as a parent when my children, their school sends out stuff like the, the class newsletter, I'm looking for my own child in that picture to see like, what are they doing? And so it's just a really cool way to engage. Um, and I love that piece too of, I think we forget sometimes that parents are community members, right? And yeah. so if parents have like this understanding of what's happening happening in the program, they're community members. And I bet that they're sharing with others what's happening in the classroom. And just as, again, as a parent, I send my kid to school every single day and half the time I don't know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So if I have like a, a, a picture of him doing something or if I have a rundown of what, what he's doing, I'm way more likely to share that with grandma and grandpa. I'm way, way more likely to share that with my neighbors. Um, and I think that's a really cool, like we don't think of that as such an easy way to share, but one, you're making parents feel so confident about what's happening in the classroom and so connected and engaged just by sharing what you're doing and not even having them come in or anything like that. Um, and then that last piece of like students are, are part of this whole, whole puzzle. And so engaging them by like hiding things in there that they um, can get extra credit for and stuff like that. I just, I like love all the little pieces of your newsletter, which is just like, it seems like something that will take, you know, maybe a half an hour, maybe 20 minutes to put together and send out, but has such a really big impact and kind of that ripple impact. Um, and the last thing that I just love is giving it to your admin, whether it's printed or it is um, digital. And the reason that I love that is because so many times when I was in the classroom, I would have my principal call and he would be like, I have to go to the school board meeting. Tell me something important to, about your program to share. And it's like, oh, I, I wish you would just know what's happening. Um, and that was totally on me. I could have communicated a lot mm -hmm. better, but I see this as a way to like, 
you're priming the prompt. Your, your principal already knows what you're doing and you never know when they're going to be in conversation with someone um, in the community or outside of the community or businesses or anything like that, where they maybe can make a connection like, oh, Casey Lynn is doing this in her class. You might be a great connection with her. Let me get you let me get you hooked up. You know, like I, I just, I see that and my, my wheels are turning. Like you are doing so many great things just with the small newsletter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I think this is, this is why we thought of you. This is why we were excited to have you now transitioning a little bit and thinking about fundraisers. I know you have one really big fundraiser and a, a couple others. Um, but how do you approach marketing your fundraiser? Um, and within that, like, where do you, where do you market your fundraiser? So our largest fundraiser does happen in conjunction uh, with our um, annual FFA banquet, which we typically do um, in uh, mid-April. Um, and so we actually, and I don't, I don't know how many schools do or do not do this. Um, and I don't, I don't think, again, I don't think I was the first person ever to do this, but we send postcard invitations uh, to all of our community members that we feel. So like anybody who's a member of our Ag Boosters, community members who have contributed throughout the year, of course, um, parents and anybody. And so we get them there. And so our FFA banquet, I think last year had like 220 people at it. So it was not small. Um, <laughs> and the big thing there is, um, also on it, the, the one thing we did learn this year, we put a QR code on it to RCP and that was like so helpful. Um, but I think the fact that we send out an invitation to people and um, we have used a mailing service through Vistaprint before, but we don't always. Uh, but the fact that they get a physical invitation that they can hang on the fridge or whatever that reminds them and makes them feel special is really valuable. The other thing we do is we take that graphic from the invitation. Um, and it, like I said, it's just a postcard. So it's very inexpensive to send. Um, we take the graphic and we put it on our Facebook and Instagram as well. So that if someone didn't get one, they can still request one and come. And then we add them to our list. One thing in addition that we've done to get more parents actively coming is um, their postcard actually goes into an envelope. And um, with them, with that is a little slip of paper that says your student will be recognized for the following things. Um, and I think that helps because kiddos don't realize, like, even if you know, like we know as ag teachers, I'm recognizing almost every freshman student as a green hand degree recipient, but they don't know that. And so if they're like, well, I've only done like one thing all year in FFA, but hey, I'm getting recognized. So that makes the kiddos want to come more and makes the parents want to come more. And I think that goes back to the marketing piece of how am I communicating what we're doing and how we're doing this and how do I get them to show up? Um, the reason we have our large um, fundraiser the same night as our banquet is basically because it's the same stakeholders who invest in our students who we also would like there at that. And when I won't lie, when I first started, I was like, oh, we do that the same night. Um, and I was kind of, I didn't like it. And then the more I see it unfold, I think it's a good thing. And I think that it gets everybody there celebrating our students and supporting our students. And it's, it's just so valuable. I love that. And I think um, I just wrote down like how to communicate well. And I think I see that as like a common thread throughout all of, all of what you're doing 
is how do we communicate well what we're doing, what our like wants and needs are, and what you are getting out of it. So you're like, what is the value for parents to come to this, right? Well, your student's going to be recognized. Okay, I'm a lot more like willing to come if my student's going to be recognized versus like, if it's maybe not, like I'm not quite sure what's going to happen there. Um, so I love that piece. And I think that just like the, the piece of having it in an envelope for parents is just like that one like tiny step up for parents that just really makes them feel like um, it, it's thoughtful, like that the, there was thought put into um, having them there. And I think about like the, the setup of your fundraiser and the setup of, you have almost 250, 300 people there for this big fundraiser. And so you're really capitalizing on like a, a large group of people in one place um, and getting them um, to support your program. And I thinking through this, like on banquet night, we're recognizing all of the accomplishments of students. And so what a great piece to like take those accomplishments that students are are doing and, and people are like, wow, I want to support this. And then, hey, let's support this. I'm curious how you set up um, the banquet and just like, is it kind of the um, awards first and then you do your fundraiser? Or how does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, so we we start with a meal and we're actually we're moving our banquet. It's typically on a weeknight, but it goes like very long and very late. And no one's complained, but me, <laughs> I'm the only one uh, who's like, this is too much. So we are actually moving it to a Sunday afternoon to be appetizer style. And so um, this year it'll be on a Sunday. Um, and so we will start with appetizers and then we do the award ceremony um, and maybe much like your all's uh, state convention, uh, though we want to give everyone a moment in the limelight, uh, we move pretty quickly and efficiently through the awards portion because as we mentioned before, everyone's kind of, they wanna see every kid, but they're, they're waiting for their own kids time in the spotlight. Uh, so that we try to get through quickly. And then we do actually offer like a brief intermission kind of for anybody who is there only for a banquet and not for the fundraiser following. And we allow kind of some exchange and we kind of have an idea of when that would start. And we keep people posted if maybe they just want to come to the fundraiser portion, vice versa. So we have like a brief intermission, maybe five minutes or so to let people uh, excuse themselves if they don't want to stay. And then we roll right into intermission or to the fundraiser. So that kind of works well for anybody who maybe does have like small kids and doesn't want to stay for the whole duration or anybody who's wanting to come a little later. Um, it is not uncomfortable to come in uh, late to that. I will say too, something on the note of our banquet that has really helped with buy-in from our community, um, which is a little off task from fundraising, but I think the buy-in from the community obviously is huge, is we have um, an award for the FFA Mom of the Year. And so basically, <laughs> um, like it sounds, and we try to give it to a different mom every year, but it started a few years ago because we had one mom who had just gone above and beyond the entire year, and it happened to be our COVID year. So we were like constantly like, like scrambling, trying to figure things out and whatever. And so she was excellent. So we made up an award for her and we kind of thought it would be a one-time thing. And then the, a few moms came to me and they're like, we're gunning for that next year. We want it. Um, so, and now it's continued and it actually does like, it doesn't just have to be moms, right? But it has been. Um, 
and it gives them the buy-in because they're like, we want to be the FFA mom of the year. And I'm like, got it. All this is a keychain. That's what they win. So <laughs> it's nothing too complex or crazy. There's no trophy or anything like that. Um, but getting back to that idea of how do we get people to buy in and um, continue to support us, whether it be with funds or just with their service. It's so, it's so cool. I love that piece too, because I think when we think about fundraising, um, we, we think about like monetary things, right? But there are so many other things that are really valuable to our programs. Um, and just like support, extra help, someone volunteering is so, so helpful. Um, and I love that piece of you just sort of recognizing people that are going above and beyond, whether it be mom of the year, parent of the year, or community member of the year. Um, but I see that as like just a really cool piece in addition to the fundraising. Um, I have one last question, sorry, one last question um, for the fundraiser, or I mean, maybe not even just this fundraiser. I don't know if you have other ones, but um, do you like tee it up for community members or people who are um, donating, like where the funds go to or um, like how that is broken out? Or like, I know sometimes people do like, how much does it cost to do a trip to national FFA convention? Like, I'm just curious if any of that is a part of um, prior to fundraisers. Yeah, so I would say, we definitely do a little of what you're talking about or maybe more than I would even like to realize. Um, so that particular fundraiser is more just with the idea that you are donating direct to the FFA. However, um, we have had recent, um, we'll call them donors. So basically people who have come to that to us and they would like to set up scholarships. Well, I don't know about your all school districts, but ours is fortunate, but also unfortunate to be kind of saturated with scholarships. And so we actually in recent years have had students like we have scholarships giving on being going ungiven. Um, and so our recent encouragement has actually been rather than giving like what we would consider a traditional scholarship, we have these donors sponsor scholarships for um, our Ground Zero Conference, which is comparable to like 212 Conference, or our Build Conference, which is for juniors and seniors, or you sponsor a student to go to leadership camp. Um, and that they like to be able to tie a name to, I helped uh, Lily Smith go to FFA leadership camp this year. And that has been so cool for us because then um, we haven't, I haven't talked about this much, but I think one of the big things that we do well um, is we always follow up with a thank you card. So whether it be for our large um, uh, event at the end of the year or whatever it is, if, if someone is giving their time or their funds to us, we always thank them. Um, and we have we try really hard to have the students do that because they need to know the value as well. And so that's actually a portion of our officer retreat is the right way to or not the right way, but how do we write a good thank you card? Um, and I think that is huge. And so I didn't that was a little off test, but yeah, I think I think we do that. Um, and it, people definitely like to know where their money is going to. And so if you can tell them directly, like you're supporting this student to go to this event, I think that's huge. I love that. And I think I, it's specific enough to kind of share, like, I, I think that's another way that people can can donate this past year teaching. I found that there are so many 
people that just with me reaching out and saying, hey, we need this covered. It's going to be this much. Would you be interested in covering that? And they were they were excited. They were like, oh, yeah, that's great. Or like this student would like to be sponsored to go to this event. Um, just like you said, I think that people really enjoy having a, a name connected with what is that experience or what is the value being brought to that student um, and, and kind of being able to follow their money and in the impact of their money. Um, and I think that that's really helpful in in your I just envision like within a newsletter, people could easily share like um, hey, do you want to sponsor a student to go to national convention? This is how much it costs. Um, you know, like just giving people like really specifics of what you're looking for, I think can be really helpful. Um, and I think you hit it on the team, wrapping all of this up so beautifully in that, like how to communicate well, also communicating like, hey, thank you thank you like this was your impact and we are so thankful for you um and I, this is a side tangent but students do need to be taught how to write a good thank you letter um, because i've got some thank you notes that are like thanks for being yeah. a good teacher and you're like I, what what is the like more on that <laughs> um one last side note on the thank yeah. you as well um, one group that we always make sure we thank, and I, I hope everyone does, is our custodial staff after any large event. Mm -hmm. We make sure we write them a thank you. And for a while, I was like, maybe we don't need to write them one every time we have something. But I actually went back there over summer to their office, and they hang them all up on their board. And oh, I'm like, so okay, cute. so I don't know. Maybe they're just being nice. They don't want to throw away. But um, I think that helps them because they're there as late and as long as us often. And so if they're cleaning and helping us and gosh knows whatever else they, they deserve the thanks too. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I'm thinking about maybe who the people are that are not necessarily donating monetary funds, but that are making, <laughs> making the events happen for your program that are allowing funds to come in. Um, I think that is a, a great point. And, always something that people should be aware of is the custodial staff. And um, if you utilize like food services for different things, like that's another one that I feel like goes un unnoticed as well. Well, Casey Lynn, thank you so much for being here today and sharing all of your tips for marketing and just how to communicate well so that people feel confident in um, donating to programs and just really supporting your program. We're just so happy you're here and um, we are excited to, to see how the year goes and, and how everyone's fundraisers shake out. Thank you.